Welcome, guys, back to the podcast. This is Synergy for Good, sponsored by the YMCA, the Wichita Falls YMCA. I'm Tila Grant, your host. And joining me today is Chris De La Garza with Basecamp Lindsay. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So tell everybody what Basecamp Lindsay is. Basecamp Lindsay is a program to get our homeless veterans off the streets. There are 3,300 homeless veterans in the state of Texas, and we feel that that is, that's, that's uncalled for. This should not happen. We've got to do something for our veterans. They should not be sleeping on the very streets they pledged to defend. Right, and I know you are really passionate about this, and you yes. want to tell our listeners or viewers about why you're so passionate about this. My family's been military pretty much as far back as this country's had a military. My grandfather was in World War II. He saw action in Europe. He was not himself when he came home. Um, we hear about nightmares and all kinds of stuff. My dad was a Vietnam veteran. And again, the family said he wasn't the same when he came home. I remember spending the summer with him, and we spent the summer at the lake in a tent. And at the time, as a teenager, I didn't think about it. But as an adult, I'm looking back and thinking he didn't go to work. There wasn't a house that we went back to. There was not somewhere that we went to a shower. My dad was homeless. And, I, you know, as an adult, I watched him, and he would get to the point that he just couldn't deal with people anymore. And he would go off into the woods by himself for, you know, a couple months at a time till he got his head back together. And then he would come back and, you know, resume normal life. He passed away at the age of 57, and he was three weeks away from his appointment with the Veterans Administration in Dallas. So he, he passed away before he could even get help. And I couldn't do anything to save my dad, but I'm going to find some way that we're going to reach out to the rest of these veterans and say, you're not alone. We're going to make sure that we make a difference. Definitely. So. And this is a pa uh, passion project that you've been working on for quite some time. Yes. We uh, incorporated in 2016. Mm -hmm. And it's just been, you know, fine-tuning the organization of, you know, what are our goals, what are our what, – what do we really feel that we want to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, we started out wanting to do financial assistance, help with gas cards, groceries, stuff like that. But then we saw all these homeless vets, and we can't do that. We've got to do something. So we, you know, kind of changed trajectory and started working with that program there. Right. And so originally the plan was to build some tiny homes, a tiny yes. home village, right? Yes. Well, that's that's still the plan okay. because it that program works the best. If you're talking about a veteran with PTSD or with traumatic brain injury or any of the reasons that our veterans are on the street, you cannot put them in an environment where they feel claustrophobic, mm -hmm. where there's so many people around, it's chaotic, it's noisy, and they don't have that bubble that they can retreat to to get their head right. With the, the shelter environment, most veterans will not go there because yeah. of that. It will, it will set off their PTSD. It will set off anxiety. It, it just will not work. So if you create a program where they have their personal space, they can retreat, they get their heads right, they can have their private moment, but then the support is there. There's somebody checking in on them. Hey, did you eat today? You know, hey, we got the laundromat's down the way. Let's get you some clean clothes. Mm -hmm. Let's get you that. And then get them back on the street. To get into the VA, uh, the VA benefits, everybody thinks that every veteran has. Yeah. It can take up to a year to be approved, and they communicate with you through mail. What if you don't have a stable address? How do you get this done? 
So this program alleviates all those concerns. They've got their little, you know, private area. They've got somebody checking on them. We're making sure they have food, they have heat, they have air conditioning. Do they need substance abuse? Do they need mental health treatment? Do they need somebody diabetic? Have they Mm -hmm. not had their insulin? How do we fix that? And then we gradually get them to the point where they're standing up on their own again, and they're ready to go back into the community, you know, stronger and back to who they were when they first joined up with the military to, to protect this country. Yeah. So that service is great. And you've seen that work in other communities, correct? Yes. Yeah. Kansas City, Missouri has one called um, Veterans Community Project. They started in 2015. Okay. They are branching out into four different communities so far. They have an 85% success rate. Wow. In social services, that is unheard of. 85% that it works. So, I mean, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's yeah. do it right here. <laughs> exactly. That sounds like a wonderful idea, and I, like, I agree with you. It's something that's so, so needed. But we've had a few challenges in order to get there. You want to talk have. a little bit about the roadmap of how getting there has looked these last couple of years? A lot of it years. is, yeah, um, COVID kind of threw us all a curveball. Yeah. So we, um, the, the tiny homes was our original plan. The property that we had to even do the infrastructure on the tiny homes was going to be close to seven or eight hundred thousand dollars just before we even put a home on the property. So that's when we kind of did a little pivot and said, okay, the city of Wichita Falls has this nice little abandoned nursing home. They sold it to us for only five thousand dollars for 14,000 square feet. It's like, okay, we can get this up and running. And, you know, at that time, we to get it up and running, we're still looking at about $700,000 $700 to $800,000. But veterans would have been able to move in. Yeah. Then COVID hit. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so literally three months after we signed on the dotted line with the city, COVID hit. So mm-hmm. no fundraisers, no volunteer days, no work days. And as we're coming out of COVID, everybody's broke. The world looks completely different. Mm-hmm. Labor charges are higher. Um, construction companies can't get labor. They can't get the workers. Um, materials we can't get. Yeah. So what originally started out, you know, we'll say $750,000, is now sitting at a $3 million project to, to get the project up and running. And some of the supplies for the electrical, the whole building has to be replaced, the electrical, from mm-hmm. the pole in. The panels are six to nine months wait time to get them here. And that's after we've purchased them. So there's a lot of roadblocks in the way, but we're not going to let it stop us. We're going to keep going. Our veterans deserve every bit of help we can offer them. And whatever it takes from us, that's what we're going to do. Definitely. Let me ask you a quick question. So how do you stay positive and motivated with all of these hurdles that you're having to overcome? How do you personally like keep on fighting and to make this happen? I don't like being told no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other benefit to that is ADHD. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm like the squirrel. But, yeah. But it's just we know this works. Yeah. We know this is going to do it. Every veteran and every homeless person in this community that we have reached out to in the past few years, we've made a difference. We've made their lives just a little bit better, even if it's just giving them a warm coat. Or um, I'm thinking of the lady that we gave the tent to that she's you know sleeping out in the woods. She was sleeping under a pop-up tent. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, no. Here, take a tent. Let's give you some. Let's give you a sleeping bag. What do you need? Food for the dog. 
Yeah. You know, every life that we touch, it gives us that energy to keep going because, okay, we are making a difference. We yeah. are helping. How much more can we do when we hit that finish line on that project? So the building itself became what we call our phase one. We would get people in. We're still going to go back to the tiny home community because if we can get some acreage that, you know, 50, 60, 70 tiny homes, how many more people can we help? Mm-hmm. The building can only hold 25. Okay. So we get the tiny homes up and running. Then that building becomes either one, a place where people can stabilize before going out to the tiny homes, or it becomes that place for the veterans who can never be independent again because we have quite a few of them. There's one that we're working with right now that is really starting to develop alcohol dementia. And what is it? Alcohol dementia is like Alzheimer's, but it's brought on by alcohol u- abuse. Oh, okay. He's been on the street 30 years. And, but we're able to step in and make sure, okay, you've got a motel room. Mm-hmm. You've got food. Hey, do you need a ride to the doctor? Somebody's checking in on him. Are you okay? So that build, that's what that building would become for those who can't go home, but they won't go to a nursing home. Mm-hmm. They'll stay with us. And uh, it's been said that, you know, okay, they'll probably die with us. But you know what? That's okay. They won't die on the street, and they won't die alone, yeah. and they'll know that somebody cared. I mean, just a month and a half ago, we buried a veteran that we had been working with. He had gotten into a housing about five weeks before he passed. So we had the honor of being there for him at that last moment. Definitely. So that's why we that's, keep doing it. Yeah. That's our incentive, to you know, make one life better, one life, one at a time. Yeah. And so y'all, biggest... Um, biggest thing you need is, is donations. You need people to participate in these fundraisers and yes. just help you guys raise these funds. We, we need donations. We need volunteers, people who want to work on these committees and help put all this stuff together. It, ta- it takes a, it, It's going to take almost an army of our own at this <laughs> point yeah. because there is so much to be done. But, yeah, we need people to get involved. Uh, we have Give a Ruck coming up on May 20th. That's our next fundraiser. It is a 10-mile ruck march, just like the military did. Um, And you come out and you march in honor of a veteran. You march in memory of a veteran in your family. You put their name on your back. You shoulder up your backpack full of supplies for the homeless, and you march in their their boots for that day. So that's our next fundraiser that we've got coming up. Um, Always Text Home and Gives. Yeah. Our, our fantastic haunted house in October. Yeah, and definitely excited <laughs> about that one. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. That's been our most successful fundraiser so far, actually. Good. Okay. Um, we're also looking at doing a winter's masquerade ball in December. Ooh. So we want to make sure that, you know, one, we keep our fundraising activities unique. We don't want to duplicate what somebody else has done. Uh-huh. But fundraising does not have to be boring. Yes. So we're going to make sure our fundraisers are fun, but you also get to come out and see what we're about, participate it with a great organization for a great cause. And, you know, I'll, I'll pull you as deep down the well as you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I know you will. I know you will. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. You know, the point of this podcast for us is just to help spread the word about other organizations that are in our community that are doing great things. You know, we have our main missions and things that we're working on and anything outside of that, that we can help share the burden with you guys or help spread the word. We're happy to do that. Okay. We'll definitely do that. 
second Saturday in every month is food pantry at the building. Okay. We're always looking for donations of ready to eat foods. And you you mentioned you asked earlier about the camp out activity. Yes. We're trying to find a way to bring that back. Okay. But uh, what we need people to understand when we say ready to eat is picture yourself on the street and how are you going to eat. So we're going to incorporate that into camp out. Okay. So what you would typically donate is what you're going to get to eat that night, including that 10-pound <laughs> bag of dry rice or the packages of ra- dry ramen noodles. Let's see, I think we've gotten a case of stovetop before. <laughs> so if you're out there on the street, what are you eating? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we do the camp out activity because we okay. want people to think about when I say ready to eat, it means pop the top, stick your fork in it, you're eating. True. You know, yeah. so uh, that's what <laughs> we're point. needing. That's what we're needing at the food pantry is ready to eat foods. We're getting a lot of clothes and shoes and stuff, and we've got hygiene kits coming in. But right now, we're really needing those ready to eat foods. Okay, and where do people drop them off or bring them if they're? They can message us on Facebook, okay. and we'll meet them there. Um, we are normally at the building on Saturday mornings, uh, the first and second Saturday of the month. There's always somebody there, but if that doesn't work, let us know, and one of us will meet you there. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you.